You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, do these two losses count if half the roster were AHL players? Uh, Just asking for a friend. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and if this team is elite at one thing, it is truly just ruining weekends. Just, they, without fail, they're tremendous at it, so kudos to them for that. I'm Matt Arenek, and I told my roommates that tonight was the mortal lock of the centuries for the Bruins, and unfortunately, I was right. Yeah, uh, I'm Mike Salissa, and I'm just tired, to be honest. Uh, what an exhausting debacle that was tonight and JVR just scored actually as I said that so uh <laughs> I mean that's something keep the point streak alive right stay Wait, hot, did, stay did he get he already had an assist in the first goal okay perfect all oh, right 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 yeah well I, JVR goal aside and I'm happy he's uh he's he's making a hell of a case uh to be protected in the expansion draft but uh the Flyers were back on the ice this week uh they dropped two games uh, which I guess isn't totally unexpected considering the lineup but still hurts um let's just we'll do a real quick recap of the recap of the Rangers game because that's feels like a thousand lifetimes ago now um and then we'll, we'll get into what happened in Lake Tahoe but before that a quick word from our sponsors uh you guys have heard us talk about DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up front uh this week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf DraftKings has plenty of ways uh, for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, Dr. Evil, uh, across all sports. Uh, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Uh, Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up uh, using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, after all that, let's get into the Rangers game. And like I joked, it does honestly feel like it was a long time ago. It's a, you know, we're recording Sunday night, but uh, it feels like that was like a two-week-ago game. Um, you know, obviously they drop it. Uh, not something that you want to see. Overall, though, I uh, majority of the game, the Flyers played okay. I didn't, They weren't... As bad as they have been, um, but still, um, you'd like to see a win there with with a team that is, you know, struggling and, and on paper, you know, I guess they had a better better lineup that night. But overall, the Flyers are, are a much better team. Let's get your guys' thoughts. Mike, we'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on the on the Rangers game, real quick? Yeah, it, it almost this is the weirdest feeling watching that game. It was almost like it didn't feel like it was part of the season. Like it was just a weird. One-off game. Exhibition game. Yeah, Yeah, exhibition game. We have some AHL guys in the lineup. It's a nice little tune-up game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, first period was pretty decent. Second period was not – I feel like that's been a theme this year. The second period is not having good performances, um, which is weird because 
as we know from last year, this team got better and better. Uh, that second period was kind of like the turning point period for them. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think the big difference in that game is they were let down by their special teams. Uh, I understand it's tough when you have like Michael Raffle on your power play unit and all that, um, but you can't go 0 for 5 against the Rangers, even though the Rangers' penalty kill is, like, shockingly good. I, I couldn't believe... It's, like, ninth, I think. Yeah, it's it's very good for that. Uh, and that, for that Georgiev, Georgiev, he played really well in that game. He did uh, have a good game. That, that game could have been 3 nothing. He had a, he had a sneaky good game. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was good that they battled back and got the point. I thought Couturier, Farabee, Fit JVR, they were all really good. Um, Hart had a good game, which is unfortunately going to foreshadow a conversation we might have later in this episode um but yeah he was a big reason they got the point and it is what it is that flyers built themselves a nice cushion earlier in the year and even right before they went on break with covid they had some big wins outside of that Bruins series um so they could drop one in overtime or in the shootout um yeah that was basically my take i mean watching it though i did get a bad feeling about sunday like i yeah it it, it i don't know i'm sure we'll touch on it but Go ahead, guys. What, what about you in terms of that Rangers Go game? ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought they looked good in the first. I was shocked. I guess it was kind of similar to tonight as well. Like, they came out strong. Um, first goal from NAK crashing the net. And then, like Mike mentioned, there was two or three chances that could have easily made it a 3 nothing game. And that would have been much appreciated considering the lineup we had in the ice to try to maybe hold a three-goal a three lead against a, a somewhat struggling New York Rangers team. Obviously, that didn't happen. Now, good news is, like we mentioned, Hart played well. We were able to steal a point in which you play half a forward lineup. I think any fan base would be happy with that. But like Mike mentioned in my opening, considering we already struggled, granted it was without Coots so far this season against Boston, it it was just one of those things you knew at some point, they were just going to blow the game wide open like they did. So not many takeaways. I think that's another theme. We don't want to analyze these games all too much just because we have a combination of Mark Friedman, Maxime Shusko, and Andy Androff and Sam Moran on the fourth line. I mean, that's just never going to be a line that we're going to play out there under normal circumstances. Um, so glad we got the point. But, yeah, you knew tonight was going to be potentially bad, for sure. I'll say this, and we can kind of get into to Boston after this, but um, the thing that had me the most concerned about the Rangers game was that we were still seeing similar themes, even with the stars out. You know, no Giroud, no Jake, no Lots. I understand. But it's what Mike just touched on, you know, <laughs> the second period – that same, the same, the same, the same themes are just continuing throughout the season, and nothing's changing. And and I figured, you know, okay, new faces in the lineup; these guys are going to want to, you know, really bust their hump, especially in the second. You know, continue build off that strong start from the first because a lot of that, I'm sure, is jitters for a lot of those guys. They're up at the big club again. You know, a lot of them know this; these chances rarely come across, so they have all this adrenaline in the first, and then the second, they just flatlined. Um, and it, the special teams. Yikes! Um, the power play again. I understand no no Giroud, no Jake, but just not just shot generation. I mean, when when you don't have your home run hitters, they can throw that you know cross ice pass. 
just get the puck on net. That's all you can do. And they weren't even doing that, and they haven't been doing that tonight either. Um, but, yeah, that, for me, the biggest takeaway from the Rangers is just that I was a little surprised to see that it's still the same thing. Um, you know, same movie, same ending, where we're seeing it over and over again. And as we've tr- progressed through the season, I mean, we're once the, the trade deadline is the end of March, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's well, not very far away at this point, so. It, it's really rough. This is the last thing I'll say about it because it kind of it kind of leads into tonight's game, I guess, a little bit. But um, the last thing I'll say on the on the Rangers game and kind of what you were just talking about, Joe, how nothing seems to be changing. It's unfortunate because in the five games, well, there's a, another poster not goal. Uh, in the five games leading up to the the pause due to COVID, things were actually starting to get a little different. Like. Yep, there were a couple. There were some blown leads. A hundred percent, I'll say that against the Bruins and the Islanders, obviously. Um, but like the team was looking better. The team played arguably one of their best games against the Islanders. They played a good game against the Caps right before the pause. Even both the Bruins games were largely very competitive. We talked at length about those games. How the Flyers probably deserved a better fate, but that's hockey. Um, but now you come back and you drop a game to the Rangers, and then you get shelled tonight and it leaves people saying like oh my god nothing's changed this team is still bad so like it's that combination of having that layoff and then plus the first time we see them in a week and a half they're getting shelled by the Bruins and shelled in the second period by the Rangers it's like what all is changing so that 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 to me is unfortunate um and it sucks even more that (laughs) now there's potentially I don't want to say excuses or anything like that but there's a legit reason. Like, you, you're bottom six. The only legitimate NHL player in there right now is Nolan Patrick, and he's invisible. So, like, you have two defensemen lining up at forward on your fourth line. Like, that's just... And, Florida and no Panthers lead. North, let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, were, we were literally ripping on them for that this, this last year. So, that's kind of, that's kind of like I said, that's where I leave it at the Rangers game, and that's where I pick up tonight. It's it's just tiring. It's a tiring... The team's tiring to watch. The The... Um, the storylines are all tiring coming out of the media and coming out of the fan base. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of flyers fatigue wearing on my body right now. No, I, I agree. I think it's a good kind of segue to get us into Boston. Um, you know, obviously we, we knew going to Boston, this game was not going to be uh, a great one to watch because we knew we didn't have G or Jake or any of the heavy hitters. They're all still on that COVID list. So, um, uh, I, I didn't honestly. I don't know what to expect. I didn't expect anything great, but I didn't expect this again um, to be shelled, shelled again. I mean, it's ironic that we're the uh, we're the bullies, and yet we've been constantly getting just bullied by this Bruins team all year. Um, I'll, I'll go to you guys first. Um, obviously, do you want to do Hart first, or you want to get that out of the way, or do you want to do that last? And kind let's of touch get on. that. Out, let's get that out of the way. I think first and foremost. All right. Okay. I'll I'll go first with with Hart. Um, I am not happy. Uh, I'm not going to defend him. I think he had a very bad game tonight. However, big disclaimer, I still have 100% faith that he's still going to be a franchise goaltender, and I'm not worried about it. I just think um, that he didn't have it tonight. And goaltender, we talked about this a little bit, but being a goaltender, you play a magnified position, and every mistake you make very well ends up in the back of the net. And... Um, were all six goals tonight his fault? No, but I mean, two 100% are if you ask me. Um, I know you guys seem to differ on that, but um, 
it's very hard to evaluate a goalie when the team in front of him is without their main play drivers, without you know their main goal threat. And well, I guess Nami JVR is actually on the ice, so that is their main goal threat. But um, still, a lot of a lot of star power that's not there, um, and the defense that's been a problem all year. So I'm not going to bang on him too much for for tonight. Uh, I just wish he would have played better. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll, whoever wants to go first, you guys can go. Uh, but that's my stance on on Carter. You want me to go, Mike? Uh, yeah, because I feel like I'm going to be a the <laughs> the, the middle the, the mediator between you two. I feel like we we do that in a pretty nice job on this podcast. Like one of us will take a stance on on one end, the other will take the other, and then another one finds the middle ground between. I, we do that. I think we rotate through that. I so should we yeah. should we launch our, our own like law firm? We just do mediations. No, just we should for each, divorce. We couples? should each launch our own podcast. We should disband <laughs> like and, that. Yeah. Yeah, the single uh, prisons. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it would be as big a hit. No offense to not to as lucrative. No. <laughs> Definitely not. No, I mean, so it was. It's hard for me to t- to touch on the Rangers game as much, just because I wasn't able to watch the second and third period. So I'll take Mike's word that that Carter has played well, or he played well in that game. Yeah, um, yeah he was good. Other than that, other than that rebound, which I'm sure you know, it's still it's a rebound. It's not you know. Wasn't an A one chance. He he'd want it back a little better, sure, but it's not the end of the world. He played yeah. well, and it's also one of those things. Sorry, real quick. When a goalie kicks out a rebound, they're rarely ever doing it just to be careless about it. Like he probably kicked it out thinking that he had a defenseman or a forward back there to clear it out, but he didn't, and it was a it was a juicy rebound so, and a good play yeah. by Panarin. And a, by yeah, great play by Panarin. So sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, I, I think what's been annoying is just. It's not one person. It's I see it all over people talking about how he hasn't played well, which as a whole I would tend to agree. Now, there's underlying drivers to that. First, as we already mentioned, special teams. Our penalty kill is maybe after this game might be dead last in the NHL. So obviously that's not going to help your statistic. It's not going to help your your goals against, your save percent average, especially considering we've – I don't know the stats – off the top of my head, but I feel as though we've been compared to last year, largely undisciplined this year. It feels like uh, that. It feels like that. I don't know if the stats back it up. Maybe someone can call me out for that as well, but I, it, it annoys me because we, the common theme this, this entire season has just been how much we've struggled in the defensive zone. We were probably near the bottom in shots generated and near the top in terms of shots allowed a game. Now, again, it all depends on if they're high danger, yada, yada. But when we continuously watch our team struggle to break out of the zone, prime example tonight was the coil goal. This is kind of where we disagree. I agree that, yes, that's a 50-50 shot. He, out of this franchise goaltender, you want that stop. But at that point in the game, we've been dominated the entire second period. Robert Haig fumbles a pass in the neutral zone and then falls down, leading to Charlie <laughs> Coyle skating pretty much through the slot with, I would say, a undefended chance against. And like you mentioned, there was no screen in front. Mano mano, you'd like to see him have that save. I'll give that a 50-50. The same thing goes for the second goal against. He's looking around his screen, trying to see where, where uh, why am I blanking? McAvoy is taking the shot from the point, or if it's even coming. And then he guessed the wrong direction. He was out of position and went through his arm. That's another goal mm-hmm. 
probably you would like to have back. It's not 100% on him, but bad position. The only goal, now granted we've only watched the first two periods, that I can say is on him was the Trent Frederick. It was a loft, it was lofted on net, just I guess he missed it, right? And then the last goal, the sixth goal that we saw was a deflection on the penalty kill. Yeah. So it, it's, it's one of those things, and at a certain point, just like any player, if you play the game, if you're down being dominated, you're down 4-2, 5-2, it's one of those things where it's a snowball effect, and you, whether people like to admit it or not, it, it's kind of just like you're going to let bad ones in when you're getting dominated all game long. Not saying he played great this year, but if you're not going to say that the majority – of the reason that his stats way look the way they do is because of bad special teams and a bad team defense in front of him, then we just strongly disagree, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Were you gonna... No, 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 no. Go ahead. I no, I, I think uh, the, the way I fall on this is, so I'm just going to preface this. I, I like to say that I play goal. Now my experience playing hockey was not on the ice. It was on the uh, the roller court, which is more than some people have played, the holy and which rollers, is baby. and yeah, the holy rollers, and which is less than a lot of other people have played. Having played the game or having not played the game does not factor into your expertise on how to view the game, on how to maybe on how to understand the mechanics of the game. Sure, I, I'll buy that, but I think you can still be an extremely astute. Uh, what have an extremely astute ability to to analyze the game, whatever. So I'm not. I'm not. That's not where I'm going with this. My point is, when Carter Hart, or when any goalie lets in a goal, there's there will be a part of me that'll go, you know, that's not their fault, or not on them. Or if it's one that I really feel like genuinely is on them, I'll go a little twinge, like, mm, that one didn't sit right with me. There's a couple tonight that didn't sit right with me, with Hart. Do I think, though, that that means it's 100% on him? No, not at all. I think there was one goal, I agree with Matt, one goal that was 100% on him. It was the Frederick goal. The Coil goal, would have loved to have that, sure. Pretty weak. But was it 100% on him? No, not given what happened uh, leading up to the play. Uh, the McAvoy one, could he have had it? Yeah, potentially. He went through his arm. But did he see the play? No, not at all. When a goalie can't see, it's tough to make the save. So that's kind of where I fall on tonight. Was Hart a reason they lost the game? No, but he definitely didn't do anything to, to help them win, necessarily. Um, he was a negative tonight. But on the season in general, like... That's where I don't really understand where this narrative is coming from because I look at Hart's body of work and I think he he was bad against the Sabres, that first Sabres game earlier in the year. Uh, but again, the whole team was bad right from the get. I think he was bad against that, or in that win against the Caps, the 7-4 win. I don't think he had a good game, but the team won. So, whatever. Uh, and like along the way, has he let in some goals that I'll be like, mm, maybe could have had that? Sure. But when the team's letting up like four goals to Boston and five goals to Boston, do I come away from those games being like, wow, Carter Hart is the reason they lost this game? No, not at all. When they win the games, though, am I like, is he a huge reason why this team would manage to pull this out? Absolutely, because this team, team gets outshot every night. So it's just frustrating for me to see this fan base like already because he's not playing at the level that he was in the playoffs, which is unsustainable for any player. Like, and, and two things can be true at the same time. I'm not yeah, say, 100%. That's the, that's the biggest issue I have is I'm not saying he's been playing unbelievable, but the, the idea that we're willing to brush, like you, you have to look at what causes it. If, he, if the team's playing very well in front of him and he's just letting in soft goals, completely different discussion. Mm-hmm. He, is play, he is 
hasn't played up to what we would have liked. But in my opinion, the biggest driver to that is, again, special teams and the defense in front of them. Yeah, I, like we're, we're seeing people argue that Brian Elliott should now take the starting crease for this team moving forward. And it's like, if, if you're arguing that, like... After <sighs> Elliott just had a sub-900 save percent average season yeah, the year before. Like, Elliott's played some good games this season, but like, Elliott, Brian Elliott is not... He just can't physically do what Carter Hart can do. And like I saw tonight, people were saying that Carter Hart's been exposed. His glove hand has been exposed. I guarantee if you looked at across the league, across all time in the NHL, the glove side is where goalies get beaten the most because that's where most players put their shots. Like it's just going, it's just a law of averages. Like it's not, it it just blows my mind. I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's very frustrating to me. Carter Hart's going to be fine. He'll probably be fine within this year. Like he'll probably get back to the level that he was at last year. Um, And people will still find a reason to say that he's bad when he has a, a one bad game every now and then. Like that's, that's just, I'm, I'm afraid to me, that's what I'm tired of. I'm already afraid and tired that we're getting to the point where Carter Hart can let in one bad goal and that's it. Like he could, he can make 49 saves out of 50 and he lets in a bad goal and the team loses and it's, Oh, well, uh, Carter Hart sucks. Like I, I genuinely think Philadelphians are able to trend to that negative that quickly. So the Wentz effect, Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God. We should. We maybe we'll touch on that the next next pod. We'll, we'll do. A I hope Wentz not. Talk. I I'm hope so, not. I'm so. I'm so. I honestly, I just I, like it's it's. I don't have anyone to talk to. Obviously, I live alone. So like, I don't have I don't have anyone to talk to about <laughs> it's so it. So sad. So unless I like you know stare in the mirror and like hash out like everything that I'm going on. Like I went on a, like a mini Twitter rant about it, and that felt pretty good. But uh, I'll just say this about about Carter. Like I said, it's. I'm not worried about it long term. I think if you asked him, he himself would tell you that he did not play. He has not played very well this year. Um, yeah. But again, just from a pure evaluation standpoint, the team in front of him has been very bad. So I don't know how much to, to say it's on him and how much is on the team. I lean most of it is on the team because uh, he, he, was, he was a very good goaltender last year. Um, I, I will say this, the, the, the point of – that where I just leave you guys is the, is the coil goal. Um, I understand it's a turnover, but he, he's walking in. There's no obstruction at all. That's a save. You just, you have to make that save. There's, there's no other. Oh, well, John, it's unlucky. No, I'm actually, have to I'm, I'm actually with you on that one. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I will yeah. no, I, 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 I should have prefaced that. Like this whole time I've, I've, Agree that that goal is also and his, by the way yeah, you should never be beat short side I agree no. but again yeah. it's the same it's thing, only though. three two at that point it's only three two yeah. you make that stage you, it stays three two you, you do you need to save there but it's for that moment at least I don't know if it stays three two <laughs> yeah yeah probably, that's a whole that's a whole not. different argument but you you just you have to make that save yeah. I'm sorry you do you have to make it uh, you know and like and, I said, and similar. I'm not Yes. No, similar to like a, a ghost comparison, right? Is like hockey is a sport, in my opinion, that's largely confidence based. Where if I think a good example of that is like the year that Ghost was 65 point player, like we haven't seen that same player. And that's not because he can't do it, but I think that's a, that's confidence in the decisions he's making in the moment. And the same thing happens with a goalie. When a goalie like Hart was in the playoffs, was so sound throughout the entire playoffs it's just kind of like it becomes repetitive it's he knows what he's doing before he's going to do it he's not second guessing himself 
And that may be part of it. We don't know because we're not in his mind. But when you're being shelled on an every other game basis so far this season, you're giving up five, you're giving up six, and the team in front of you like can't even break the puck out. And again, just my opinion, but I think it's starting to weigh on him that the team in front of him has been playing so poorly, and that's leading to some bad goal against. Now, doesn't mean that he shouldn't make big, timely saves. We're, we're kind of missing that, obviously, and we're going to need that from him this, moving forward in the rest of the season if we want to make the playoffs because, as we've mentioned this entire year, I mean, we are lucky to start the way we have, and this stretch is not going to help. No. Uh, we'll see. I think I think it's good enough for, for Carter. Uh, the three of us all agree that, you know, tonight was not his best night, but there's still plenty of, of games left to play and plenty of time for him to write his ship because goaltending is, is such a solitary position that, you know, it's a lot of emphasis just on one man. And one man will not win or lose you a game a lot of nights. But I, I have confidence. He'll figure it, it out. It, it sucks that basically all goalie stats are team centric too or like a lot i mean like save percentage not necessarily but like a, a lot of goalies play is team centric so like you look at another player and you're like oh man they only have three points this year and they're you know minus whatever and their course is this like they're having a rough year like you look really? at a goal and you see the the sub 900 save percentage and you're like wow carter hart sucks mackenzie blackwood is a better goalie like i mean you're just not you're just being disingenuous because if you're going to make all the excuses for Mackenzie Blackwood playing, uh, no, I'm I'm going on a tangent here. So I'm, I'm already tired of doing <laughs> that. But yeah. another another argument we can get ourselves into. Yeah, 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 let's, yeah. let's leave that be. Um, let's talk about some positives though. I, Kuta's return, he continues to impress. Um, he's just the real deal. He is. This. He's true. Some he's big tr- hits tonight too. Jeez. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's so uh, strong, so he took, strong. He took that hit up high, and then he just sauced that puck to Faraby. That's a that's a great transition to get into to young Beezer. Dude, that guy, man, young young kid is impressing me. Eight goals. He's already matched his season high total from last year. That's um, crazy. Unreal. I'm, I'm very happy to see his game. Um, he just seems to always kind of be in the right spot, um, and he's got a great shot too. So very Justin two, Williams like in that way. Very Justin Williams. I, I heard. You, I think I heard that comment. Maybe you told it to me, Mike. But there was a comment going out there that that people were saying he's a lot like Justin Williams. But um, I think Kuzis look great. Farabees look good. I think we can all agree the vets have, for the most part, all been pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, JVR, that's, is, that's another one. Apparently, JVR continues it, to yeah, three point nine for JVR. Continues to to just say no to the rental property in Seattle that awaits him. He keeps saying I'm good in <laughs> Philly. Don't need it. Um, but what are some other kind of either standouts or, or kind of, I don't want to say letdowns, but anything else you guys have noticed, either positive or negative with, uh, with some of the players? I was Mike, wanting you know more. Go ahead. Sorry. I think you're going to yeah. say it. So go ahead. I, I wanted more from Nolan Patrick, mm-hmm. uh, these last two games. I, I, I mean, it's, it's tough to make it happen on your own when you're not given the line mates to work with. I, I get that, but. He, against the Rangers, he was a mess. I think he was one of the few players, besides the, the AHL guys, that just looked out of place. Um, he he couldn't do anything on the power play. He was fumbling the puck. Tonight, he was all perimeter all the time. Um, I still I still am going to be hopeful on Nolan Patrick. I think that he can be a fine NHL player. I think he'll be all right. But it... it it's just not working right now, which is unfortunate because it, it was working for him in the beginning of the year a little bit. He had some speed. 
um, some drive to the net. He was being creative. So that's unfortunate. I, I wrote about that in my first or second Broad Street Buzz piece that like the Flyers needed a lot from Nolan Patrick if Drew and Voracek and TK, etc. are going to be out and they just didn't get it in these last two games. So um, compared to the Bruins, who got a whole bunch out of their third line center tonight. So, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, it's kind of weird because he started so strong. I, I would think it would have probably been the other way around. Yeah. He would have been more apprehensive just from the physical side of things to start the season because he hadn't played a game in so, so long, but he was flying, it felt like. And mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned, the line mates is obviously a big part of that, but that doesn't that doesn't prevent you from playing the game with speed the same way you did to start the season. I don't know yeah. if that's... Uh, I, I don't want to make the excuse because Coots was flying out there, so it's not a COVID related kind of just layoff issue um he just first second overall pick you just expect more and again i know it's a small sample size to start the season and i still have hope that he's going to turn into a good player for us but yeah like you mentioned if we want points out of these out of these games without the big boys then he's got to show up yeah i don't know if it's um maybe he's just you know it's a game shape thing and maybe he's just i don't know fatigued Uh, i mean how how long had it really been since he played a full season of hockey? Was it calendar two, year, right? Two, ca- uh, two one calendar, calendar year or two? It's, it was. Uh, it's been a long time since he's played no, long it, stretches of hockey. I guess it would have been one and a half almost when by the time they started, give or take, okay. cut the difference. A, a long time since he's played long stretches of hockey. <clears throat> so uh, maybe that's something to do with it. But at the same time, like I don't know. This this season's been so. Uh, like cut into bunches. They they played a lot of games and they've had a long time off, and he still hasn't looked great. So I, I don't know. Um, I, he's just I, not. I, I think it's a similar theme to everything else. Like you say, Joe's like Mike mentioned. He's he's playing in the perimeter. You're not going to get good chances, and he has the skill. He has the shot. He's. I I, I for the life of me, I don't understand how that how they don't have this team shoot the puck more. I I just it's mine. Av mine mentioned it too, so I don't. At this point, it seems to be more of an execution. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand it. And I'll say this. We've definitely been spoiled as NHL fans with, like, top five picks over the last, I would say, probably like seven, eight years. Like, almost all of them are immediately playing now. And that didn't used to – historically, that wasn't the case. I said that on the, the Bruins and Bruins Did you? podcast. I was like, Connor McDavid ruined – Young players for yeah, everybody I mean, because like that's it's, all, it's just not fair. Like it's all, all sports now though for the most part. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. all sports now where you're just you're younger. You're, you're specializing earlier. You're getting more reps in, yep. so you're gonna be better. And so I think that's another big thing with, with Patrick is that he was a second overall pick. Like like Matt said, we all expected you know a lot more from him, and and rightly so. I mean, you're the second overall pick. You know you have these tangible assets. This skill set mm-hmm. just not really producing. So. Um, I did want to ask you guys before we kind of end it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but apparently Nashville is getting ready to deal um, because yeah. they've just been horrible. Matthias Ekholm, I would love for the Flyers yeah. to land a Matthias. Very, now, very bullish on a Matthias Ekholm. Hey, now I know. Uh, hey, get a third. Yeah, uh, I saw. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was LeBron that wrote it or if it was Burnside, but it was on the Athletic, um, and he had the Flyers as like his last team. That could be interested. He mentioned like maybe Gosses Bear change of scenery and like obviously a draft pick. Um, I would not be upset with that at all. Um, now that, that it gets into you know up. 
his his contract's three point seven five uh, for this year and next. So obviously not a, not a big hit, but you then have to worry about the expansion draft and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. I was just kind of curious. I mean, you're, you're Mike. You said you're bullish on him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy that's been on the the uh, plus side of fifty for every nice. single season for the past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven seasons in a row at fifty or more course I four percentage. Is that good? Um, is that good? That's, uh, that's, that's that's pretty good uh, considering this year he's. He's got some you sandpaper know, to him as well, which I like. You know, yeah, you know, he's like big. That. He's 6'4". Yeah, he's, he's a big, big boy. Big boy. Uh, Thick boy. This year, he's a, he's a 52.2 on that terrible Nashville team. And his PDO is at 97.7. So that means he's getting none of the luck and still doing it all. Uh, you can calculate luck? Like, that's PDO, yeah, basically. PDO. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know you could calculate luck. That's that's yeah. new to me. I thought that was um, incalculable. I guess not. <laughs> but even, even beyond that, like, he's... You know, he's not going to get you in the way of a lot of points, but he was 10 goals uh, in 2017-18, 8 goals in 2018-19, 8 goals in 68 games last year, so he was going to hit double digits again. You're looking at 35 to 44-ish points, 45 points for him. Um, this year it's taken a hit because that national team is atrocious, but 20-plus minutes. I mean, he played 23 minutes four straight seasons, um, like his four most recent seasons, like... I I don't it, to me if you if you get Matthias Ekholm you could plug him on the top pair with Ivan Provorov yeah. immediately and then push everybody else down or you could use him on the second pair and you're you've got two great you know two really solid top two pairs so I I really like Matthias Ekholm I mean I I don't see I don't see how this doesn't just completely solve the need of what this I think team... and it also makes sense too because even from Seattle's standpoint if He's going to essentially be a free agent after one year of being with the team, mm-hmm. unless they're a Vegas 2.0, which is probably unlikely. unlikely. Yeah. Then he's going to have his choice of where he wants to be. Is he going to want to be in Seattle? Maybe. I guess it's an okay city, but I doubt he's going to want to spend kind of the latter part of his years with a team that's kind of building a franchise as opposed to being with a contender, especially considering yeah. he's been in some playoff games. So mm-hmm. definitely a name to watch out for. But I think the theme there is just Chuck. The team yeah. needs something. Yeah. I mean... It, Even when, when, it, when national writers are starting to take note... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one thing when it's just the three of us old men yelling at Cloud. But like, <laughs> if Pierre Lebron is like, hey... Flyers are struggling on defense. This guy might be an answer. Well, you know that's bring, it's being brought it, up. It's nutty too because like, even with all the struggles they've had this year, like I I, I want to make sure I get this right because I I kind of blew my mind or it blew my mind yesterday when I saw yeah. So even all the struggles this team's had, they've now they have two games in hand on the Montreal Canadiens and they're only one win behind them in terms of points. We've been at length on this pod about how we think the Canadians have been the best team in the league this year. And the Flyers, given all their struggles through the season, are right there with some of the best teams in the league. They're still only, like, they have a game in hand on the Bruins. They're five points behind them. They have two games in hand on the Caps. They're two points behind them. Or uh, two games in hand on the Islanders, and they're even with them. Like, the team is still right there. Like, it, it seems like this could go from you know, below average and not good to pretty good and pretty fun really quick. 
if we just got a couple slight tweaks, a couple tweaks, bring in Matthias Eckholm, Matthias Eckholm, however you want to say it, and maybe shop around for like a middle six or bottom six winger or something like that. Like that seems like it's it right there. So I, I don't, I, that's why I'm, I'm not ready to fold on this team or on these players, this core, Carter Hart, et cetera, because the team is just right there. Like, and I know I, I mean that, I don't mean that in terms of all nice results. I mean, in terms of in standings and the talent on the team and we know what the issues are. So I, I don't, it's frustrating. I, I would, I would love to see them make a move. This is uh that's like, this is a, a Tampa Bay level kind of move to me. Cause if you think back, like when the team was, that team was like good, but they were kind of missing, you know, just parts here and there. They, they go and they get a Ryan McDonough. They go and they get an, an Anton Strollman. You know, they, they started picking really good players just kind of quietly and really building it. And then finally they're able to break the door down. Um, so th- this is a, a high level move that I, I don't see the flyers. I, swing, swing the fences. They, yeah. they said Forsberg's available too. go for, Oh, and Forsberg. Like, where's, just, where's Holmgren? Is I, he is he still in the building? <laughs> He's got to have a phone. Well, actually, what well, doesn't um, was it? I'm trying to think. Well, David Boyle, yeah, Boyle hates, Boyle us, hates yeah. us. Yeah, a, that's yeah. the other thing. Um, but I mean, new, listen, new, we, well, new new GM though, so maybe new relationship. Who knows? Bit, hey, you know, at the end of the day, man, business is business. I, I've done yeah, I've yeah. done business with people who you know who have not been a big fan of me in the beginning. And, you know, it just necessitates that you have to work with me at some point. So if you can put, you know, you know childish feelings aside. Calgary yeah. is another We team talked there. about Calgary. We They've talked about them a couple weeks so. ago. Um, Two options. I, I like your point a lot, though, Matt, that, hey, he's going to be a free agent at the, you know, coming up anyway. So do you want to take a flyer on him? And then he, he leaves you for a contender because he's getting up there. But, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, uh, any last thoughts, boys, before we wrap it up? I want the rest of the team to come back. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they can't come back like soon this. enough. Yeah. And we got uh, Rangers on Wednesday and then uh, the Sabres on Saturday. I'm telling you right now, first Saturday <laughs> matinee game, thank God. I was about to say, if it's a 7 o'clock uh, start on Saturday night, I'm not watching it. But it's 1 o'clock, so I will watch. Um, but yeah, I will not be guys. watching. I'll be studying. So you guys are going to have to give me some updates on that one. Uh, oh, boy. I can't wait. Uh, Tune in, everybody. We'll be back on uh, on Thursday with a recap of the of you know the Rangers game. Hopefully, we get some of the some of those guys back. Um, fingers crossed. But uh, everyone, hope you guys have a great week. For Matt, for Mike, have a great day.